0: Hey everybody, this is Scott from the Exert team, and I'm joined today by Armando. Hey, Scott. And Dr. Stephen Sean.
1: Hey, how is everyone?
0: Uh, and we've been looking forward to doing these podcasts for a while, uh, and today we're just going to focus on breaking through with there uh, and the whole point of today is we're going to be talking about those breakthroughs and, and how we can use those points of failure uh, to identify an athlete's fitness signature and help them train for their target
2: events. Yeah, I know there's been a lot of questions. We get a lot of questions from our customers on, uh, on breakthroughs and, you know, what do they mean? And when, do, you know, what happens when I get one? And so we thought we'd spend a little bit of time to kind of just explain, uh, get more detail on this. And I think, you know, we've all, we've been looking forward to doing these, these podcasts. We've been, uh, thinking about doing them for quite some time. And, um,
0: I'm certainly excited to be actually finally recording some of these and, and getting some of these thoughts and discussions that you and I have been having uh, kind of behind closed doors into more of an open format. For, yeah, it's going to be good. A lot of people interested in using our software.
1: Yeah, and I think breakthroughs are really interesting. I mean, a lot of our users really focus on them. So hopefully we'll also talk about you know when you should be focusing on breakthroughs versus when you should actually be just thinking about performance itself, because ultimately Exert is a fabulous tool, but it is a tool to help you perform. So hopefully we'll, well, at the end, we'll probably touch on, you know, when is the best time to hit a breakthrough or really target a breakthrough and, you know, when you shouldn't really be worrying about it so much. All
0: right. So we've thrown the word breakthrough around a lot already, uh, but Armando, would you be able to kind of, Define what a breakthrough is uh, in terms of exert and and uh, how, how we can determine what a breakthrough is.
2: Sure. So um, a breakthrough in a, in a fundamental sense is when you're able to produce more power than what exert believes you are capable of producing. And that is at any given moment during a particular activity. So what happens is, is Exert kind of models how much power you can produce. We call that your maximal power available, your MPA. So it kind of models that. And it's, it's prediction of how much power you have at any given moment. And so if you're able to surpass that number, then what that tells Exert is that your fitness has improved you're you're now modeling more power than what the system has determined you're capable of, and that's called a breakthrough. And generally, it's like you know anywhere for about five seconds. If you can hold power more than your MPA for about five seconds, you get these breakthroughs. Um, and what happens when you get a breakthrough is that the system will kind of readjust its signature. It's kind of saying, oh, okay, your your fitness is improved. Let's let's kind of try and figure out what your Um, what your new fitness level is Um, and getting a breakthrough. There's, there's, there's really only two ways like to get a breakthrough. And I kind of call them, you know, they're they're called maximal efforts and points of failure Because what it means is that as you know, you're, you know, as you're weakening um, your, your, your ability to produce power starts to decline, right? That's what we, what we refer to as, as MPA. And so, if you sprint, for example, if the software thinks your maximal power at any moment is a thousand watts, and you and you get up on your bike and you produce, you know, eleven hundred watts, and you do that for five seconds, well, how did you do that? What what improved, right? What in your fitness has increased as a result of that? So we have the concept of fit, fitness signature. In fact, we're going to maybe talk about uh, fitness signatures in more detail in another podcast. But for now, it just means that one of those, one of those, one of those fitness signature, one or more of those fitness signature variables have gone up.
0: So I know when I first started getting into training with power a couple of years ago, I like to keep track of kind of my personal best by looking at kind of my my one minute power, my best five minute power, my best twenty minute power. Uh, how do those kind of fit in with breakthroughs? Is is that kind of similar? How how does tracking breakthroughs differ from tracking kind of your best? your your best max power well it's it's they're um they're actually very very similar
2: right so you think about a personal best what that typically means is, let's say you went up a climb right so you're you're on your bike and you've got this climb and you know it's a three minute climb and you want to know how much you know uh how fast can i get up this climb how much power can i hold for for the for the duration of the climb right so you may do a three minute effort and um, you may you may obviously if you want to try and get your best power you want to start that climb you don't want to be tired when you start it you want you don't want to start it when you're fresh right so it's important if you're going to produce the most power for that three minutes that you start that three minutes totally fresh because if you're half baked obviously that's not going to work um, and you also want to make sure that by the end of the three minutes you're done right you want to make sure you're you don't you don't have any more power left to sustain that three minute power so. So that's a perfectly paced three-minute effort. And when you do that, then you have an opportunity to show a personal best, right? So your personal best is really those situations when you typically, when you start an effort, whether it's a five-minute effort, three-minute effort or what have you, you start it fresh, right? You hammer out, you keep a really good even pace for that that three or five-minute period. And at the very end, you're totally spent. Like that's, that's how you do your personal best. If you don't do it that way you still, and, you, and you have a personal best, then you know that you have more room available to improve, right? So personal bests are certainly modeled with an exert. You see them all the time. You'll see where MPA starts at the very top and MPA comes down and eventually your power and MPA reach, and then that becomes a breakthrough. Right. So these kind of personal bests, when you do them, you know, uh, perfectly executed, will result in breakthroughs in the system.
1: But that's the neat thing with exert is that it doesn't necessarily rely on you doing a perfect. I am now completely fresh. I'm at the bottom of this three minute hill and bang, I'm going to go and give my all out. Right. The, The nice thing with exert is that the algorithm and the calculations will accommodate the fact that you started it already a little bit tired. Maybe you were already doing some efforts beforehand. You're at a bit of a false rise as you are getting to this base of the hill that you really want to hammer. And, you know, as a result, maybe your actual, if you look at your computer, maybe your average power over that three minute hill may actually have been a little bit lower than what you think you can do. But exert incorporates that it realizes you're already in this little state of fatigue and it will accommodate that so you don't necessarily need to go out and set okay i'm going to do this perfect three minute effort and then later on i'm going to do this perfect six minute effort you know there might be you know even a turn in the road where you have to have to you know coast for just a second that would usually kill your average power but and that as a result you may not get your perfect Three minute perfect absolute average power, but again, exert accommodates that as long as you push yourself to this point of exhaustion, point of failure. It will whether you start at it from a little bit tired, whether there's again a a curveball that's thrown at you, whether by traffic or anything in the middle, it'll all be done. And that's one of the beauties of breakthroughs using exert, it doesn't have to be this perfect test in words all you have to do is go as hard as you can get to this point of failure or essentially make your mean maximum power available and your current power match each other and if it drops even further again for about roughly around five second range the model will say well you know what we are thinking you are capable of right now isn't matching what you actually did. So therefore we're going to go back and recalculate your fitness signature and adjust it so that it can accommodate what you are actually doing. That's exactly. And you know, the, 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 the,
2: there's really, really two main benefits, right? The one, the one key benefit to all this is that like Steve was saying, you, you, you know, you're, you, you, don't, you're not,
0: um, having to perfectly perform these efforts, right? So, um i know i've botched my fair share of uh, 20 minute tests when i first started training with power well and- that's it right you know how many times do people start a FTP test
2: and then you know go on and say oh you know all right, this is botched you know this is no good you can't botch a test with exert right you know you, if this is all you had this is all you and it'll it'll work that out right so so pacing your efforts uh isn't so critical um you know you can you can stop you can continue you can do a hard effort get an easy effort there's no real structure needed right so long as like you're saying so you Steve just, you just gotta you, you know you just gotta reach your point of failure so that's the one of the key advantages but the other one that's what's really neat which is I think what people are 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 keen about is that you see these things happen in your data way more frequently right you don't often get a chance to really produce your personal best. But you'll see the system will discover and find these points of failure in your data where your MP and your power will reach. And it tells you what your signature was at that time. And these happen all the time. Like, in fact, I see some people, it's a, it's my my friend who lives just down the street using the software. I swear, Rob, every time he goes out, he gets a breakthrough. I don't know how he does it, but he's just... He's got, you know, you know, you'll kind of as progression charge, all well, his circles. We'll get into those circles. But, you know, he's got circles everywhere. It seems like every time he rides, he gets a, He gets a breakthrough. So you can get these things very, very frequently. And what is kind of cool is that there's a pattern. You'll start to see patterns, right, in terms of how your fitness increases and decreases. And Because you're getting these with greater frequency, that pattern of of improvement is much easier to detect and to understand and to use in terms of how do we leverage this additional information about how our fitness is changing. How do we use that in our training?
1: Yeah, and for me, you know, day-to-day use, it's brilliant that I can have my fitness signature updated. Almost on a weekly basis, or like your friend Rob, on a daily basis, so it's and we know we want to be specific in our training we want to be able to adapt our workouts to our current fitness signature, not what we were doing six months ago or not we think what we think we are capable of and the other great thing like we've been talking about is that we can do a variety of tests now. Most people are familiar with oh you got to do your twenty minute test you got to do this twenty minute test to establish your, well, your threshold power test, right? or whatever and tests, right yeah and I even even before I became primarily a cyclocross type rider I cannot stand time trials I I just mentally can't handle them I have a really hard time pushing myself to do a steady hard effort over 20 minutes and even though even though when i'm climbing i am not the kind of guy who just does a steady hard effort i like to to be the one to be surging all the time and to be going recovering going recovering so i really have a hard time doing a prolonged effort on on
2: well most people fun. do it, right?
1: yeah and- it's
2: suffering right that's the yeah. biggest thing with these 20, with twenty minute tests right or even these extended tests they're just not fun right you yeah. you're, you're it, it takes really a while for your body to uh to get warmed up and to handle that that um uh, that degree of suffering that you need to withstand you know twenty minutes are hard doing our tests is just like crazy right you know, and I look at the data and Rarely, it's rare that, that I see a true one hour test, you know, you see a bunch of 20 minute tests, so obviously people do them purposefully, but, you know, it's hard to ever see kind of people doing one hour tests. It's just so painful. And I think, you know, Eddie Merckx talked about, you know, him when he did the hour, you know, records, you don't know, never do it again. Right. It's just it's just yeah. so extremely uncomfortable, these extended efforts. And people say, you know, I could never hold you hear that all the time. Right they get their, their threshold power from exertion. So, you know, I can, I never hold that for an hour. I go, yeah, I know most people can't. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's not something necessarily you want to do for an hour. You technically probably could in many cases, but the suffering you're going to have to put yourself through uh, in the process of trying to do that effort is, is really extreme.
1: Yeah. Whereas again, I'm the kind of guy like surging, I can recover surge, recover, and I can hit breakthroughs all day long uh every day if I do kind of these on off type efforts where I can really suffer just as much as a different kind of suffering so I guess what I'm saying is the nice thing is you can do you can achieve breakthroughs in many different ways. It's not just from one kind of effort mm-hmm. that that everyone else is doing. I do these you know these workouts that were um, kind of designed by Bent Ronestad in Norway, which are thirty seconds on, fifteen second recovery, and each one is as max as you can over about ten minutes. And I can achieve ridiculous um, efforts doing that. Whereas, tell me to do a ten minute steady effort, I I hate that. I can't do it. So, for me, day to day, you know, I do those efforts about once a month or once a or even once a week once we get close to the cyclocross season to make sure I get a good effort and also that I can keep my signature updated. And in the summer, I know going on our St. Catharines Tuesday night um, flat races, training races, every time I'm guaranteed to achieve a breakthrough because I can push myself so much harder. Again, it's not a steady effort. It is a race effort, but I get guaranteed breakthroughs each time.
0: So, we've kind of talked about a couple of different breakthroughs, um, and both of you have alluded to, and where we kind of have the the maximal effort where uh, MPA is either close to full or uh, close to your peak power or only pulled down a little bit, and you kind of uh, it's either a hard sprint or a hard effort to kind of exceed where MPA is now. Uh, We also talked about the uh, point of failure breakthroughs, which is more the extended kind of 20 minute test style where. I'm going to hold my effort level a little bit over the threshold and just kind of keep pulling that MPA down closer and closer. Um, and how those are going to result in in, in improved signature. Um, yeah. So, would you be able to uh, elaborate a little bit more on that, Armando?
2: Yeah, you know, so, um, like, it was, you know, Steve was saying, it's, uh, um, you know, you, you can produce your, your breakthroughs in a variety of forms. And, you know, I, I've looked at thousands and thousands and thousands of breakthroughs now, and you see them in, in all forms. In fact, sometimes you see them where there's just um, there's really like extended efforts to hold on to MPA. And there's multiple points of failure or multiple maximal efforts in a particular effort or a particular activity that you'll, you'll be looking at. And it's just it's pretty interesting to see and pretty amazing to see how MPA and power will align during these these sort of maximal efforts. So um, so they come in all these different forms. So it's not like, yeah, you can say, okay here's a max effort. I'm going to sprint and I'm going to pass MPA. And that's certainly one way to do it. Or you can say, "Oh, I'm just going to hold on to this power. I'm just going to wait until MPA, and I can't hold on to it anymore, and it becomes a point of failure." Or you can do these, you know, thirty-second intervals, or fifteen-second intervals, or you know, ten-minute intervals. It doesn't really matter, you know. There's all these different ways you can do it, or you can be in, a, you can be in a crit, or you can be in a road race. All these different scenarios will fit, and you'll see and you'll see power reach MPA. And in fact, in many cases, you you'll see it happen multiple times in an activity. So like, it's not you get like one point of failure, you get like, multiple points of failure. And in some situations, like I've seen people now even record them uh, uh, you know, art uh, recorded one on, on YouTube, and I've seen them in the data, where people are holding on the MPA for 20 seconds, right? They're, they're holding there's like a massive effort, right? We call that maximal effort time. You, you can see that in the software. If you ever see maximal effort, that tells you how much time did you spend kind of close to MPA. And obviously, when you have like minutes, some people have like minutes of, en- of maximal effort time where they're spending all this time right at MPA. And when you see that in the data and you get the signature, you, you kind of know that, you know, your, your fitness is pretty well pegged by the system because it's mapping out all these points that it's picking up in your data. And, um, you know, it's, it's different. Like, you know, different than what you would see, let's you know, say in a RAM test or an FTP test. Because, you know, what you get in an FTP test, right? Let's say you do 20 minute FTP test, right? You hop on your bike, says, okay, I think I can hold roughly, you know, whatever, 320 watts. I'm gonna aim, aim for that as my FTP. So you kind of almost have to know what your 20 minute power is to start with, and if you get that wrong, then you can mess up your test. That's not fine. Again, you can't make it. You can't mess up with exert. But let's say assume we go through this this FTP test. So you, you get on your bike and you do your your 320 watts, and you think you can hold that for 20 minutes. And let's say you do. Let's say you manage to figure it out. And so exactly three, you know, exact 20 minutes. So right at that 20 minute point, right, you can't pedal anymore, and you decide, okay, that's it. I'm going to stop. Um, and that's what. T- well, that's what will happen. You'll you'll get to that endpoint and you'll stop. Well, in exert, you'll see this as one data point, one max effort, right, or or a very small number of maximal effort points. But you're just close to MPA just for a handful of seconds, and that's that's fine. But it isn't really providing the system necessarily with a lot of information about you, right? Because you know you're, you think about your, your your breakthrough and your signature. There's three variables, um, and so. And so when, you, um, um, when you're, you're uh, uh, you know, expressing these breakthroughs and you get multiple points of failure, um, generally what happens is you get them at different points, so sometimes your point of failure is at, let's say, really high wattage, and sometimes your point of failure is at a lower wattage, and you get all this variability in, in your in points of failure. That tells the system and gives it a, a clearer idea what your fitness signature is so you're getting it's informing the system and helping the system understand that you can uh you know what, what your peak power your other fitness variables would be all
0: right now steven you were uh, you had an accident a couple of weeks ago uh, rock climbing is that correct
1: uh yeah i i was rock climbing and then i wasn't so which was <laughs> no. that that second part was what was the problem <laughs>
0: All right, so I was hoping you could explain, now that you're kind of getting back on the bike, it was good to be out riding uh, the gravel with you yesterday. Uh, I was hoping you could provide some insight on kind of uh, when to aim for these breakthroughs. I know traditionally people tend to take these uh, 8-minute or 20-minute or ramp tests every 4 to 6 weeks, but um, especially now that you're kind of getting back on the bike and rebuilding some of that fitness, uh how do you kind of use exert to to improve your fitness as you kinda come back
1: from injury? Sure. So I'll give a little bit of background. Um the late May I was still in sabbatical out in Kelowna and then I was out rock climbing and then I fell about four or five meter fall onto a rock ledge and dislocated and broke uh, the navicular bone of my uh on my right foot. Yeah. Oh, so
0: that's why I say on bikes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Well, knowing me, I've I've damaged myself on sabbaticals uh, before. This isn't the first time, and it's kind of an extreme sport for me. But the the end result was I spent eight weeks on crutches and non-weight-bearing on one foot. And then really, I only started a week ago to start any kind of riding. So that was at the 10-week mark, where about 11 week mark now so and we're recording this in start of august so first off i realize in terms of assessing comeback or getting back to fitness first off is what are your goals well right now i know i'm not gonna usually now i'm getting into shape and really fine-tuning my efforts for cyclocross this fall but i know i won't be doing that apparently jumping off a bike and running <laughs> oh on uneven ground with uh, at full speed with a bike on my back and jumping over barriers isn't the best thing for a broken foot. But so I know I'm not going to be be, you know, focusing on on racing. I'm going to hopefully do some gravel events later this this fall and but merely really just for enjoyment and the aim is really the gravel season next April. So it's going to be a gradual approach. So really for the first 4 weeks or so back, I'm not even Thinking breakthroughs, all I'm doing is is just trying to get some time on the bike again, build up some basic fitness, work on rehab, fixing my my left right imbalance, things like that, uh both in the gym and also out on the bike, and then it's really gonna be so do I in a sense right now do I really care what my fitness signature really is? No, because my efforts are gonna be really light because I'm just getting my myself back on the bike for the first time. So in those cases, I'm not going to be worrying about achieving a breakthrough or what is my most accurate fitness signature right now. Even if I go into the gravel events in, let's say in October, you know, again, I'm just going to be taking them easy. So not pushing myself for a personal best of any kind. And so in that sense, Really, all through this fall, I'm not personally caring about breakthroughs at all or having the most accurate fitness signature. It's going to become, let's say, probably in, over Christmas in January, where I'm going to get back into systematic, hopefully be ready for full-time training. That's when I want to you know, do an effort to really reestablish my my best kind of fitness signature and my breakthrough and, so
2: and for you, you you really like those run of stat workouts right oh yeah yeah that's how you do it right
1: yeah i i love shocking you with the amount of uh <laughs> of difficulty score that i can put out and every time you go like how how is this possible it's going off the scales <laughs> yeah but no uh, and but it does go back to again you know kind of a question of you may be thinking of well you know is it better to is it more accurate if or a better fitness signature? Is it a better breakthrough if I do it, you know, using a, you know, a long 10, 15, 20 minute hill and kind of reaching that point of exhaustion at the end? Or is it better doing these periodic sprints? And I think it really comes back to, well, what kind of rider are you what races are you focusing on if like me my bread and butter is cyclocross where it's really short repeat on off on off efforts well those are probably the kind of efforts i want to be simulating in training anyways and those are probably hopefully the kind of efforts i enjoy so and those are the ones that the signature is going to help you train with right so if your
2: signature is used to help your training your power targets well, if that's how you establish a signature, obviously, mm-hmm. then it's going to be much, even more effective and yeah. being able
1: to prescribe very precise workouts. For exactly. You. Whereas okay. if you're a time trialist and focusing on a 40K time trial, well, you're not going to really be caring too much about doing sprint efforts to begin with or these on-off efforts. You might sprinkle them throughout, but your bread and butter kind of efforts are really going to be these close to threshold type of efforts. Mm -hmm. And, and you're probably going to achieve your breakthrough and you're probably going to like the efforts that are the 10, 15, 20 minute hard efforts where you draw your power down. And so again, that's going to be very specific to what you're doing anyway. So in that sense, don't really overthink it. You're going to go out naturally achieve breakthroughs doing what you like, and what your normal training is anyways. And that's also what's gonna help you the best towards your specific event.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, and I think uh, that's it, right? There's there's no real, you know, this is how you need to get a breakthrough, right? We have, you know, we've got our, our breakthrough workouts. So, you know, there's a handful of them on the system. You can pick those and try and follow along with the actual prescribed intervals in in those workouts to try and achieve a breakthrough. But that's not. That's just. this is the guideline. You know, you don't have to use those. Uh, you know, we have many athletes that just. You know, they uh, they just get in. They just do a race, right? They do like a Zwift race, or they do uh, they do a hard group ride where they're really pushed to their to their to their limit in the group ride. Um, so many different ways that you can get a break. It's just a matter of really pushing yourself to to your absolute limit. Um, and hopefully doing that, not just at one point, but kind of holding it, you know, when you hold it and kind of show the system, how your fatigue is expressed in your power data, that's really great information for the system. So, so try and avoid like just going out and do an FTP test and just sort of ride it. And then, you know, a lot of people will do that. You know, there's nothing wrong with doing a 20 minute test or an eight minute test and using that to establish your signature and, and exert and get a breakthrough. Um, but the little things you can do, for example, like if you're doing an FTP test and you do an eight minute test, so hold on to your power, but then at the very end of the eight minutes, so let's say you miscalculated what your eight minute power was. Let's say your eight minute power was higher than what you managed to sustain. So you might've increased a little bit over the period of the eight minutes or 20 minutes, um, but you can what you can just do is just go harder at the end. So take the last 20 seconds, right? And just lay it all out with everything you got, and to the point where you're starting to weaken and you're you're unable to sustain, and the power starts to drop off because of the weakness. That point of failure that you that you create uh, with those multiple data points is really great to help the system identify your signature.
1: Yeah, and that, I mean that's what's fun about having the data fields on the Garmin, having that power and MPA data field is. When you're you think you're near the end and you see that MPA drop, 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 and close to your power. And there's nothing more Pavlovian and, and rewarding <laughs> than suddenly seeing that gold ribbon badge uh, come up and you get the ding, ding and you're just like, okay, yeah, you know, and, and it's become so motivating to, to do that. And I usually try to push myself just that little bit beyond just to make sure it's you know the. Yeah. The breakthrough really occurs uh, so it's uh, the
2: dreaded fake through yeah oh yeah Scott, you ever you've had a fake through
0: uh, i've had several fake throughs uh, <laughs> most disappointing thing ever got the got the metal on my garment oh this is gonna be great loaded up and lost two lots on my threshold
1: <laughs> yeah we got so many so many uh people comment oh like uh hate this it's a fake through well i mean the way to look at it too, it's, it's showing that your signature is really correct. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not always going to get an improved signature and you know, that's just not how life works and, and how training works. But I actually get a lot of confidence when I see a, a fake through you know, after the initial annoyance and realizing, hey, you know, exert has me bang on to, to what I am actually capable of doing right now.
0: I think one of the cool things that Exert has shown to me is that it really makes it, it visualizes how our fitness signature and, and how our ability to generate power actually does change on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. as opposed to kind of taking these, these tests every few weeks. Um, and it's gotten to the point where I know later in the season when I'm really kind of capped out on how many hours I can ride per week, my fitness isn't going to really increase anymore. And uh, I'm, I'm really struggling to get those breakthroughs at the end of the season and, and you start to get the fake throughs uh, as, the, as the fall season comes around. So I just like being able to see both on a day-to-day and kind of a week-to-week basis how Exert is actually tracking my ability to generate power based on how much I'm training.
2: So, so, so just so we level set, people are listening, you know, what's, what's a fake through? Well, first I have to give credit to Adam. Adam, you're out there. I know you're probably listening. He's the one who came up with the, uh, the concept of a fake through, we call them near breakthroughs first at at the beginning, but what a near breakthrough means is that your power was able, you're able to get really close to MPA, but you weren't able to surpass it. Right? So you came right up against it. Maybe even just held MPA even it happens all the time, right? People just go right up. They just can't pass it. Um, and then uh, you might get a small adjustment in your fitness signature. You might see a threshold come down or one of the fitness variables come down as a result. And it's really disappointing. Like it's like, you know, you put in a pretty hard effort, you know, you've been training hard and all of a sudden you see this big open circle on your progression chart. You go, oh no, what happened? What did I lose? Right. And, you know, you get all this panic stricken that somehow, you know, you're, you're you're losing your fitness and stuff like that. And and you, you'll get used to the fact that, you know, that's not usually the case. It's either the case that you probably didn't push yourself all the way that can happen. Um, actually, can especially can happen during um, interval training. Because interval training, you're, you're only going to do a set number of intervals. And if you're not conscious of the fact that the last interval got you really close to, to MPA, but didn't bring you to over it, then you may get a fake through. So those things can happen. You have to be aware of those. But as well as, you know, you may get to the top of a hill and, you know, the hill levels off and you ease off. Meanwhile, you know, your MPA is down to 400 or something on your Garmin. You're like, oh, no, I think I got a fake through, right? <laughs> and no, you know, lo and behold, you come back and yeah, you get, you'll get an adjustment. And you knew that you could have gone a little bit harder. So you can either just leave the fake through there on your on your on your uh, progression, because it's not likely going to make any material difference to your numbers, right? If your threshold's down a couple of watts, you know, that's no big deal. Um. But if you're really intent and annoyed uh, and sometimes you might get a bigger drop, depending upon how much time you're spending near threshold. So if you spend a whole minute near threshold uh, and you see your threshold come down, um, then and you think that's a fake through, well, you know, you can flag it if you like. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's that's one method to deal with it. The other way would be, hmm, Mike, maybe this is a real adjustment, right? Maybe this is a correction, right? Because I spent so much time near a threshold. Maybe that two watts that it dropped, it would be more realistic. Maybe it's a way for the system to kind of hone in on what your signature really is. So uh, yeah, you can flag the, the, the these fake throughs if they're annoying you, but you know, for the most the most part, they're just an excuse. Actually, give to give you an excuse to go out harder next time and see if you can get an improvement.
1: Yeah, well, again, let's just reorient the readers at the, or the listeners at the end here. A fake through is when you you know your Garmin or whatever you. Th- you s- says you have a breakthrough, but when you go back onto exert, you actually find your fitness signature either stays the same or some of the parameters may even drop a little. Mm-hmm. So that's actually what you know this near breakthrough or fake through is. But again, I'll just summarize it the way I look at it. It just shows the model was really working, mm-hmm. and but we'll get into kind of the different decay models of at another time, but exert the system is also kind of set up for you to achieve breakthroughs because if you aren't achieving breakthroughs on a regular basis the system will assume that you are you are um, getting less strong and your fitness signatures will drop and you know you may think well that's that's inaccurate then but no all it's doing it's enabling you to giving you better odds to hit a breakthrough and readjust your signature so so i guess the message there is you want to be achieving breakthroughs on a fairly regular basis and and you know not waiting every two months to to do so you you want to be at least every month you know ideally um you know again summertime my hard club races will do it for me every week so, you know, you want to be achieving breakthroughs on a fairly regular basis, especially as you're in kind of the main part of your training, the really highly focused part of your training.
2: So, yeah, there is kind of ways in which you know, we can deal with that in the system, right? So, I don't know, Scott, what do, do, what do, you, what do you keep your decay method at?
0: Uh, I'm just using Optimal for right now. Yeah. Um, I know... Uh, as the winter rolls around uh, here mm-hmm. in Canada again, I know I'm going to be switching to the no decay method mm-hmm. because uh, I do a lot of uh, base training, very low intensity, mm-hmm. uh, try and get that aerobic engine working. Uh, but once it comes back around to that early spring gravel season, I switch it back to uh, optimal decay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually leave it there for the, for the whole outdoor season.
2: Yeah. I know this is kind of, this is kind of another level. And unfortunately, kind of, you know, kind of the, the internal bowel. Yeah, it's the internal bowels of, of exert, you know, what the decay method is. But so, you know, that's the decay method is kind of important because um, what the system's doing is is adjusting your signature as you're training, right? And there's different ways they can adjust it. So like Steve was saying, for the most part, it's gonna slightly adjust it down, right, based upon what your expectation of uh, capabilities is going to be so it's predicting what your fitness changes will be with your training um but it's not giving you those changes so you're not going to get at least with the default optimal method you're not going to get those increases in your signature right so we we polled our our facebook group a few years ago we asked them you know you want the system to predict your your uh, your fitness signature and predict your breakthroughs or do you want to be able to get breakthroughs to show the system that you're able to perform at that level. And the vast majority of the user says, you know, no, yeah, we want to be able to show the system, what, what our numbers are. And so we, we yeah, left I'm that.
0: On that, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> for that option.
2: Yeah. So, it's, so, so we, we had that for the longest time and eventually we say, well, I think we should be implementing the real fully predictive model, for situations when people aren't going to be getting any breakthroughs. So if you're in a, like a one-month base period, right, and, you know, we get this all the time too, right, people saying, you know, my threshold keeps going down and exert. Why does it keep going down? You know, I keep trading and it's going down, right? Well, that's because you've got the optimal decay method. It's it's expecting you to get breakthroughs, right? If you don't get these breakthroughs, it is going to keep going down, Right so to address that you know, we had that option right where you can go into your settings and sort of change it to your no decay what we call no decay what that means is that it isn't decaying relative to your fitness changes so your training load changes so it kind of matches if you're training more you expect your threshold and your other numbers to go up right so and if you train a lot you expect them to go up even more right so With no decay means it's not going to decay relative to that training load. It's going to peg them. It's going to keep them matched, right? So if you're in this long period of base training where your training load goes from, let's say, 60 all the way up to 80, you're going to see an increase in in threshold. You're going to see that number change in your progression data and in your activity. You're going to see that threshold continue to climb relative to your training loads, right? And that's just your threshold, but all signatures, all your signature variables are going to change. So that's the no-decay method, and it's great to use in these periods when you're not going to be getting any breakthroughs, and you don't want to see this decline in your your fitness variables.
1: Yeah, and again, what we see on the – so we've talked about the fake-throughs being this clear circle. The three types of breakthroughs that you can get is either bronze, silver, or gold, and what that really represents is the – the number of parameters that the system has changed so to adjust to your new fitness signature so if only one parameter has changed uh, then you get a bronze two have changed you get a silver and if all three have changed and you get a gold and you may find that it might be just say your peak power that has changed whereas your threshold and your high intensity energy may have stayed the same, may even have dropped a little bit. So that will be a bronze star and or a bronze circle. And so what you will see on the on the graph is you'll, you'll see the color of the circle again, how many parameters changed or improved. And also the other thing you will see is the size of that circle. And the larger the circle, it means the longer the longer the the, 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 longer the effort the maximal effort time so when it looks at how long
2: did you spend near mpa that's the size of the circle Mm -hmm. so
0: yeah Um, i think that's all the questions that i have for today i don't know if you have anything else to add in yet well
2: you know there's one thing that I, I, i want to sort of address and i think um you know there's been a lot of people think that these breakthroughs are just ways in which the system is correcting itself, um, and it's not really in that sense. It's not. It's not like the, the model isn't working, and then you need these breakthroughs to kind of uh, help them help the system explain your fitness. What you end up seeing, which is really, which is really the most stark sort of indication that the method is working, is when you see these breakthroughs in these circles. On your progression chart, and they they start to match your your training. And so, whether you do these breakthroughs with you know in a crit or in a steady effort, or whether there are in a workout or what have you, it doesn't really matter. It seems like it's independent of how you've gotten the signature. It seems to be more dependent upon how much training that you've done. And if you do more training, your circles go up. Regardless of how you get that how you get that breakthrough. So that's pretty pretty neat in the sense that it's it's affirming that the model is actually picking up these subtle changes in your signature. Uh, and that's really important, right? That's that's really the the underlying strength of the system is when it's picking up these subtle changes in your in your signature, sometimes down to a couple of watts, right? And and it's that change is mapped to your training. So you, yeah, you trained a little bit more, and you got a little bit of an increase. And you see that in in so many of you know the the, uh, the profiles that I look at, and you'll probably see it in your data. If you're seeing a correlation between your training and your threshold power, and it's pretty, you know, the, you're, you're you're seeing that increase, um, then you know that things are are on track. Right, um, then the system is 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 able to help you improve because it's seeing your improvements. Um, now, sometimes though, you get errors, right? And that's not something we haven't talked about, and right? because we, you know, that happens. That happens to a lot of users for a variety of reasons, right? Where they'll get, you know, their signature goes up. Oh, my signature went up by twenty watts, right? How did that happen? Well. There's a number of ways, you know, that you can get a signature, or your threshold or whatever to go up and jump up. Sometimes it's fully expected. So oftentimes I get these complaints, my threshold gone up by 20 watts. And what's happened was their, their signature, their threshold decayed over a period, right? And they didn't get a breakthrough for like a month and a half. Yeah, but they've been training and training and training, right? So what you'll end up seeing is a correction of what their signature should have, should have been. And if you had, they had it set to no decay, they wouldn't have any increase at all. But because they're on original and weren't getting any breakthroughs, that a month later, a month and a half later, when they, when they do get the effort, they get this big jump in threshold power. And that happens all the time because the, the default decay method is original, uh, sorry, is, is optimal, I mean. Um, and optimal is going, to, uh, is going to reduce the person's signature, even if they're trading
1: um yeah if you're not kind of training and going to those hard efforts correct right. for example you can be doing sweet spot type efforts right for a month solid right but it's not going to change your signature right in fact it's just going to it's actually going to be lower than the predicted value and
2: then when you do get your breakthrough you're going to you're going to get this big jump in numbers right so that's that's totally expected you see a lot of that there are numbers that are totally expected. Um, But sometimes, you know, people pop on their trainer and the trainer gets some different power data. The system's very, very sensitive, right? So it's sensitive. If you you start changing your power meter or if you start getting some errors, if you get a spike, for example, in the middle of a breakthrough, right? you just get one data error and if it's at 900 watts, 800 watts, then, yeah, you're going to get like it's going to throw things off, right? There's it's that sensitive to errors in your data, right? So um that happens quite a bit you'll you'll see these progressions everything is perfect right? every single every single breakthrough matches perfectly it matches their training load everything is all on track and all of a sudden they get this big jump and i like, well, why did I, why did we get that jump well it's really hard to say it could it was it an error was it some other aspect maybe it could even be physiological maybe they had some kind of secret sauce that they you know may, may, maybe they they, they uh you know stood under head for an hour before the workout i don't know it could have been anything you know <laughs> what what intervention did they did they use right just before that workout maybe the beetroot juice you know and funny enough sometimes you do see some some subtle changes as a result of doing that so it can capture those those changes right whether it's a power meter error or a power meter difference or whether it's something you did that day that was unique that allowed you to uh, to really express some higher numbers Whatever that is, you know, there's, there's either there's a good reason for it, or there's an error, right? Um, well, and- it's
1: like the time uh, I was in the lab and I got a VO2 max of 85, and I was the happiest <laughs> one out there until we realized we we hadn't, uh, or we did an improper calibration of the metabolic card, and I says no, like that's the first time we calibrate properly ever, but <laughs> uh, I I still hold the record in the lab as a result, but. Yeah, that 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 goes back to number one rule of science, right? It's garbage in, garbage out. Just like any uh, any software engineer will also tell you that. So make sure if you are thinking you want to achieve a breakthrough today, or that there's a chance, make sure you you calibrate your power meter according to the specifications, and make sure you you are doing all of that stuff properly too so that you're not getting these kind of errors due to the tool being not doing what it's supposed to.
2: Yeah, you know, and you know it's, it's speaking of of that, it, it if you're on a really good quality power meter or a set of power meters, you can actually see the differences between them. Like I, you know, I've got a power tap hub and then I've got pedals and you know, the breakthroughs are two or three percent lower you know, on on the, uh, the the power tap, right? You know, you can't really compare averages unless you're riding both at the same time. But I'm talking about, you know, riding one on one bike, one on another bike. You know, the difference is you pick up that 2% difference. It'll, it'll come out in your signature because the power tap is obviously further back and there's, there's you know, power loss along the, the drivetrain, right? And you can, you can capture that that power loss. So there's some sensitivities there and people are... Using that sensitivity to pick up subtle differences, right? Whether they're in a time trial position, right, and they expect a little bit of a, a lower you know, signature, you, you, you'll pick up that those smaller changes in your signature, right? Or some people, you know, they climb a hill and they're able to get a, a higher signature out of a climb. Well, maybe there's a different way in which they can express their power when on a climb that gives them more power than when they're on the flat. They can't seem to sustain the same amount of power. So these are some of the things that you can, you can use the system to help you understand, right? Maybe I do, I can produce more power on a hill. I need to work on my ability to kind of hold that power in a flat or vice versa. Some people are the exact opposite. You know, they just can't hit their numbers when they're climbing. So they use the sensitivity there to kind of help you identify when are you doing things that are going to help you achieve more power. And it'll help you with that. You don't have to do these kind of tests. Right. You just go out there and make sure you push yourself. You're like, wow, when I when I did this this way or when I took that or when I prepared myself this way, uh, I got an extra five watts on my threshold. That's pretty amazing. Maybe I should continue to do that. So use the use the subtlety and the sensitivity to help you identify how to how to really eke out the best uh, signature you can.
1: Yeah. And you can also use breakthroughs to really diagnose other aspects of your fitness. And one of the things. I always do my bread and butter workout is this Ronestad workout, which is as I said, thirteen of these reps of thirty minute seconds all out, fifteen second rest, continue on, and roughly lasts about ten minutes. And then usually about five minute easy spin, and I end up doing three sets of those typically, and and that's when I get those ridiculous difficulty scores at the end. But I always notice throughout the season kind of where those breakthroughs happen tell me a lot about my other aspects of my fitness, namely my repeatability. Uh, When I'm less fit, I often find that, that I achieve that breakthrough in the first set. And then afterwards, I just can't draw the MPA down in the second and third. I still do the efforts, but they don't drain the MPA at at all. And that's a combination of my hard efforts aren't as hard and my recovery parts are way too easy. So the MPA drains, but not too much. Whereas I find as I become more fit, what I see is that I can not only achieve the breakthrough on the first effort, but also on the second effort and also even on the third effort. And that's when I know that you're a freak. Yeah, that's when I know that not even if my power, kind of my fitness signature hasn't really changed, kind of the difference between those two kind of results, what I know is what and what I really hope for is that repeatability of breakthroughs, because that's showing me that not only can I hit that hard intensity and effort once I can do it over and over and over again so that's Mm -hmm. a depth of fitness so breakthroughs aren't everything in terms of just always trying to achieve higher numbers and uh, I know most coaches will agree with me that one of the things they look for is not just that an athlete can execute you know that first interval but that they can do more intervals even if the power of that interval hasn't changed the fact that they can repeat it over and over. Well, that's how you can be um, able to attack that last hill on the last lap. Right. Right. We have our Niagara classic in in Southern Ontario, which is about a 12 K lap. And at the end is the sailors Hill, which is about 17% for about 400 meters. And it always comes down to you go around hard effort, steady effort at the end, and then you hammer up the hill. You know, you try to recover as best as you can. The next one, you go hammer up the hill again. Well, again, if you're not that fit, yeah, you can stay with the pack on the first time they surge up the hill, but you're nowhere in the fourth or fifth lap. Whereas as you become more fit, again, your break, you may not have achieved kind of huge increases in your fitness signature, but the fact that you can sustain that hill effort time after time lap after lap shows right. that you are actually more fit yeah so and you end
2: up seeing those huge uh, difficulty scores as a result right? yeah, yeah
1: yeah so i guess the message i want to say is you know breakthroughs aren't everything it's also you know kind of the quality of that breakthrough or, right. or analyzing that breakthrough and where it happens in an effort or in a race right. can really be informative mm-hmm. too yeah. i don't know
0: anything else Scott? Nothing else on my mind today. You guys uh, pretty much covered it all there. Well, great.
1: Yeah, well, I hope uh, all the listeners out there enjoyed this first episode and it'll be hopefully first of many and how can can, uh, listeners find us, Scott?
0: Well, they can find us on Facebook. Uh, We've got a really great community. Uh, It's called Exert Users. Uh, You can just Search for that on Facebook. We've got a lot of active users there, uh, really sharing kind of how they're using the software, what they're getting out of it. Uh, One of my favorite uh, trending hashtags there on Facebook is hashtag boom. And so a lot of our athletes, after achieving their big breakthroughs, will send us screenshots of their MPA graphs uh, following their big breakthrough. And we love seeing those. So uh, you can find us there on Facebook. We're on Twitter as well. Uh, You can find us. Uh, by Googling excerpt, uh, and you can uh, find
2: out more about us uh, there. Where- send, send, send us notes to support. You know, one thing that uh, we're always really responsive, so if if you get a breakthrough and it doesn't make any sense to you or you're not getting breakthroughs or the numbers don't make any sense or, you know, don't be afraid to send a note to support, right, and say, you know help us figure this out and sometimes you know we can look at your data and realize there's something wonky with it um you know the system does work well on its own but sometimes it needs a nudge here and there to kind of put it back on track so we're happy to kind of look at your data so you know don't feel uh uh don't don't be shy about reaching out to support
1: yeah and we have ideas for podcasts but we'd love to hear yours too so you can send those in share them uh
2: yeah We don't have a name yet either, right? Yeah. We don't don't have have a name yet for this. So we're going to have to name it. So hopefully we'll get the community to give us a good name.
0: I think we've got a couple ideas
1: in mind, but we'll have to have a poll or something to figure that out. Yeah. But I think that's uh, everything for today. All right. All right. Ride strong and, um, and have fun,
0: everyone. Yeah. Bye for now. Cheers.